the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Listen, we have the voice of hope to people. Yeah, we're the ones that have it. Nobody else has it. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Today we're going to be in Genesis chapter 14 and 15 in a message titled, Listening, How Abraham Listened. You know, there I was trying to sleep in at a marriage retreat with my wife when both of us were woke up by people in the next room. They were yelling and screaming, and it kept getting louder and louder and louder. And I mean, they are just, I mean, it was the fight of all fights. And my wife is shaking me, get out of bed, get your clothes on. And I'm like, what did she go? Do you need to go talk to him? I'm getting my pants on. It's five o'clock in the morning. She's like, well, what am I going to say? She goes, I don't know. You're the pastor. (laughs) And so there we are, me and my wife, we go outside of our door to the next room over and we're knocking on the door at 5.05 in the morning. And the guy opens the door and he's like, (laughs) what? And I'm like, uh, hi, uh, we're in the room next door. And, uh, well, I'm a pastor and I thought maybe we could share some things with you. And he's like, I don't want to talk to you. And then the wife in the back of the hotel room, she goes, well, I want to talk to the pastor. So I just walk right in. And then my wife, she's behind me. She's like, I'm with him. Boom. (laughs) And we're, we're in the room now in the strangers couple's room. And we just start sharing Christ. And we start sharing the Lord with them. And within two hours, get this, hold on, hold your applause. Here's the big point here. Here's the punchline. They both gave their life to Christ. We invited them to the marriage retreat. They were, they were vacationing from Florida, and there they were in Newport Beach in the Marriott, and now we invited them to all day Saturday and Sunday at the marriage retreat. They came to all the sessions, and God restored their marriage. Yes, at any time, at any time, night or day, we need to have our listening ears on for God might just want to use us. And I don't think if my wife was there, I probably wouldn't have went over. So God used her to motivate me to get over to that room. That's right. Amen. Amen. This is why, men, you need a godly wife. Okay. But, uh, but God might just want us to share the hope and the love of the gospel message with those that are lost. I wonder how many other times God was speaking to me and I simply wasn't listening. Well, I'm glad I was listening that time, or I should say, I'm glad my wife was listening because that couple definitely found hope. 
Know this, we were created by God to have a relationship with him, to know him and to listen to him. He established that in our hearts. Understand, there are times in our lives that we simply need to listen to God. I'm not talking about just hearing because there's a lot of noise out there, is there not? I'm talking about listening. And yes, there's a huge difference between hearing and listening. My wife will tell you, sometimes I hear her, but I'm not listening to what she says, because we need to hear more than we're actually hearing. And that's where listening comes in, because hearing is just, you hear a noise, right? You hear music, you hear friends talking in the background. You know, we hear all the chaos that's happening in life. According to the dictionary, to hear means to perceive, to sense sounds through the stimulation of auditory nerves in our ears created by sound waves. So we all hear stuff. But to listen, according to the dictionary, is to make a conscious effort to hear, to pay close attention to what's being said, to the point of not just hearing, but actually listening, understanding, and even taking advice. I wonder if you do that, where you actually hear, listen, and actually take advice. Let me ask you today, when you read your Bible or when you come to church, do you hear what's being said or do you listen to what's being said? You know, I'm not just, and you know, I'm just asking a question here, you could say. But one thing for sure, God created us with two ears and only one mouth. I wonder if God's plan from the beginning was for us to listen twice as much as we talk. Yes, we must desire to listen to him. Now, obviously, we don't have the luxury of a sit-down conversation with God, but as we read his word, God will speak to us. He speaks to us in our mind and in our heart. That's why it's so important for us as Christians to invest time with God on a daily basis, like reading through the Bible. Well, some will say, but pastor, it's such a big book. You know, I kind of get lost in there. How do you read through the Bible anyway? I say you read through the Bible just the same way that you eat a cow. Then that's one double-double at a time. That's right. One bite at a time and preferably animal style with chopped chilies and whole grill. That's just my personal opinion, you know. But maybe you're thinking, well, I'm really busy, though. I don't have the time. Listen, life is busy. It's always going to be busy. When has life not been busy? We can't keep making excuses just because daily life is so consuming. Know this, there's 1,440 minutes in every day. It's just simply 60 minutes in an hour. 60 times, you know, 24 hours is 1,440 minutes. If we divide that into 15-minute segments, you know, there's four 15-minute segments in every hour times 24 We come up with 96 15-minute segments. So what I'm asking here today is could you commit one of those 15-minute segments for reading the Bible? There's almost 115-minute segments in every day. Can you just take one of them, one 15-minute segment, and say, I'm going to do this every day no matter what. No matter what, I'm giving God that 15 minutes. Understand, we must invest time into our spiritual growth. Some of you might say, 
I am making that investment. That's why I'm tuned in at church here today. Well, that's great. And I'm so glad that you're here or you're watching online. I am so glad. But this is only one part of our journey with God. The other part is us sitting alone with him every single day at some point. Who knows what God wants to share with us on a daily basis. Listen, whenever God speaks to me, I will say that the majority of the time it's because I'm in his word. Now, granted, I might read his word. Well, I do read his word every day, but as I'm reading his word every day, I'm not having God speak to me every day, but because I'm in there every day and because I'm reading through the scripture, all of a sudden might be four, five, six days and all of a sudden, boom, man, a scripture just jumps off the page. God speaks to me and just says, this is what I want for you right now. And it's like, that's when it happens, but you have to develop that time. So listen, this is what walking with God is all about. It should be the most important issue of our life. Why again? Because God desires us to walk with him. Colossians 2, 6, it says this, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk in him. It's not just about, okay, I asked Jesus in my life. It's a one and done deal. Okay, well, hold on. Now walk with him, have fellowship with him. That word walk in the original language means this. It's how we live, how we regulate, and how we conduct our lives. So let me ask you, as a Christian, do you live, do you regulate, do you conduct your life in such a way that people would know that you are a Christian? It's something to think about. Well, today, as we continue in this study through the book of Genesis, we're going to look at a man named Abraham. And he he set himself apart by faith to walk with God. We'll consider three points in light of our uh, title here, listening. Number one, choosing to walk. Abraham made a conscious choice to walk with God. And it's like every one of us, we have to make that choice to walk with him. It's easy to say, oh, Jesus, come in my life. But are you going to walk with him on a daily basis? Number two, living by faith. We need to live by faith. We need to trust what God says, and we need to implement that into our lives. And our third point will be preparing for battle. Because when you choose to walk with God, when you choose to live by faith, guess what? There will be battles in your life. So let's consider our first point here, choosing to walk. And that's exactly what Abraham did. He chose to walk with God. Yet the course that he was walking, only God knew where he was going. He had no idea where he was going. He didn't own an iPhone with a GPS involved with it so he could navigate where he was going in the best route. Abraham was not given a handheld map, nor was he told where he was even going. All Abraham knew about his call was to simply go. And only God knew his final destination. Yet because he walked by faith, Abraham became one of the greatest names in all of Bible history. Now, to walk is defined in the dictionary also as to literally advance. It means to move and it means to follow a certain course. Now, I wonder what course that you're on today. What course are you on? You know, where are you going? 
You know, are you following a course that is established by your own desires and your own aspirations? Or is the course that you're on, is it directed by what God wants for you? See, Abraham lived in a land called Ur. It was a country filled with much wickedness. It was a lot like, well, let's just say Los Angeles. Yet God freed him from not only his surroundings, but he also freed Abraham from himself. Many people will say, I found the Lord. Well, actually, you know, we didn't find him. He found us. You know, Romans 5, 8 says, you know, God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I found myself this heathen kid. My parents got divorced when I was 16. I was on my own. I was partying. I was drinking. I was doing my own thing. I was stealing from my employer, all of these things. But yet all of a sudden there was people that were kind of telling me about God. And I just kind of like, oh, whatever, you know. And, And finally, one of them got through and spoke to me and I gave my life to Christ. So I wasn't looking for God, trust me. But God was looking for me, and thank God that he found me because I was lost beyond measure. But today, we're going to see how the very same God who touched us, the very same God who spoke to me in Upland, California, also touched a 75-year-old man named Abraham, for he had the same problem that we all have. He had a big, fat void missing right at the epicenter of his own heart. Abraham, like many today, was living a life of complete and total uncertainty, a life of no purpose or plan that was driving it. Abraham had yet to grasp his destiny. I wonder if you've come to the point in your life where you have grasped your destiny, where you're confident that God is directing your path and not yourself. Abraham listened to the voice of God, and he chose to follow him, which brings up our second point, living by faith. Abraham, he listened to God, and by faith, he decided to trust God and to follow him at any cost. And understand, know this for certain, there is a cost to following the Lord. You know, just like there was a cost back for Abraham, there's a cost for us today. When a man or a woman of God sets out on a journey to follow the Lord, to live a life of faith, it will cost us. Yes, at first, we all initially, don't we receive some pretty big perks when we come to know Christ as our Savior? Like having our sins forgiven? I mean, think about that. Everything that we've ever done completely washed away, all our mistakes, all of our downtrodden, all of our wickedness completely washed away by the blood of Jesus. Then he writes our names in the book of life in heaven. We now have the assurance that when we die, we will go to heaven. Yes, because they're written in that book. Now, some people say, well, I've gone to church my whole life and I've done this and I've done that and I'm a good person. It's like, well, guess Guess what? If you're not, if your name is not written in the book of life, you're not going to heaven. Wait a minute. How can you say that? I believe in God. I'm a good person. Yeah, but let me tell you, if you're not born again and you haven't received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you haven't asked him to come inside and your name is not in the book of life, then Jesus will simply say to you, like he said on the Sermon on the Mount, many will come to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do this in your name? And he will look at them and say, I never knew you. 
The only way to have your name written in the book of life is to literally, physically ask Jesus Christ into your heart as your Savior. Believe that he died on the cross, was buried in a grave, and rose again from the dead. That is the only way that we can have that. But once we do that, then we have the assurance that when we die, we're going to go to heaven. But on this side of heaven, before we get to heaven, in this life, Jesus promised to never leave us or forsake us. Obviously, that doesn't mean that life will be easy. There's going to be valleys on this side of heaven. There's going to be deserts to cross. There's going to be trials and and hardships that we're going to have to endure. But we're told to press on as believers in Christ. Romans 12, 12 says, rejoicing in hope, preserving in tribulation, devoted to prayer. Preserve in this tribulation, be devoted to prayer. And speaking of prayer, it's like we have a prayer meeting here at the church every single Tuesday at 12 o'clock. The pastors are here, I'm here, and we pray. We pray for this church. We pray for the people of this church. We pray for the things that are happening in our country. We pray for our, our, our officials. We pray that God would move, and we need him to move now. You know, our country is, is fighting within itself. We have infighting happening. We're tearing ourselves apart. We don't have another country coming attacking us. We're attacking our own selves. We need prayer more now than ever before. Let's not forget there is a Savior also that we need to preach about, you know, because there's a lot of obstacles in this world today. But we need to be preaching Jesus because if us as believers are not talking about Jesus, then who else is? I just sold a vehicle. I had to call our uh, insurance company, and I had to tell them to remove it from our insurance policy. And so I was talking to them, and we have a you know a large insurance company that we uh, deal with, and so they have call centers all over the United States. So it's kind of a habit of mine. I'll always ask during the conversation, oh, so where are you at? And I was thinking that this call center was in Texas because that's where they have a lot of them. And uh, the gal says, oh, no, I'm in uh, Kansas City. I said, oh, really? Are you on the Missouri side or the Kansas side? She said, oh, the Kansas side. I go, well, hey, I was born in Kansas. My dog's name is Toto. No, I didn't say that. But anyway, actually, I think I did. But anyway, you know, and I said, but I go, go, listen, I go, uh, we moved to California, you know, when I was four years old, we moved to North Hollywood. So I don't remember anything about Kansas. But I said, how'd you end up in Kansas? Oh, my husband's in the military. I said, oh, well, hey, tell your husband, thank you for serving in our military. You know, so anyway, we got done with the end of of the whole insurance thing. She goes, well, Mr. Wilburn, is there anything else I can help you with? I said, yes, actually, there's one last thing I'd like to say. And she goes, well, what's that? And I said, well, when's the last time someone called you, you know, took a, a vehicle off their insurance policy and then told you that there's a God in heaven that loves you? Then there was silence for a moment. She goes, well, thank you very much for sharing that with me. We just moved here and there's all kinds of things happening in our life. I said, well, that's why Jesus died for us so that we could cling to him and trust him. He forgive us of our sins, give us the hope of heaven, but that he would walk with us in the here and now. And we talked about that for a few moments. And I said, hey, look, I'd like to really, you know, share with you to, you know, download our, our free app on the, uh, at the app store and, and watch us online. Who knows? She could be watching right now. I hope that she is. And it's like, and it's like she He's like, thank you so much. I just needed to hear that. Listen, we have the voice of hope to people. Yeah, we're the ones that have it. Nobody else has it. 
What do you see on the news? You see misery, misery played out, misery in all these cities. People are just so empty inside. They're looking for something to stand for. They need to stand for Christ is what they need to do. And we have that message. But don't, min- don't miss this. As a believer, after all the garbage that we're putting up with here on this side of heaven, in the end, heaven will be ours. Did you get that? In the end, we will spend eternity with the God of creation, the one who made it all. We will spend eternity with him. Yes, Abraham chose this path and he walked in it and he walked it out by faith. You know, faith just simply means believing without having to see. It's believing without proof or evidence. And because of this, Abraham is the only man in the Bible to be known as the friend of God. Now, I would hope that I'm a friend with God. I would hope that you're a friend with God. But that terminology is only used with Abraham in all the Bible. He walked with God. He was a friend of God. His name started as Abram, and God will change it to Abraham. Now, Abraham means father of a multitude. Now, that's a pretty strange name to give to an elderly man who's 65 years old. His wife is, uh, or he's 75 years old, and his wife is 65 years old, and he has no children. And the chance of him having children, because, I mean, oh, my goodness, him and Sarah probably married for, who knows, you know, 40 years at this point, you know, 50 years at this point. And it's like the chance of them having kids now is slim zero and none, let alone a multitude. Yet God had a different plan. He had another plan, just like God has another plan for you and I. But let's read together how we start off first hearing about Abraham in the Bible. We'll start in Genesis chapter 12. Of course, we'll pick up in verse 1. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and the ones who curse you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham went forth, you know, as the Lord has spoken to him and Lot went with him who was his nephew then now Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran wow well that's a mouthful there let's pull this apart a little bit and then I'm going to save one last part of that for the end we'll come back to it but let's start here in verse 1 God spoke did you notice that he spoke he said to Abraham you go forth this is from the Hebrew word yalik And it means to depart, to walk, to go. Now, that word go is an interesting word because in the dictionary, it means to set into motion without reference to destination. And this is exactly what God told Abraham to do. And let's not miss out on Abraham's response in verse four. He said that he went forth. He just went with it. Okay, you said to go forth, I'm going to go forth. Or in the King James, it says he departed. The Hebrew word means that he broke out. Simply put, God told him to go and Abraham packed his bags and he hit the road. Now, could you imagine that? God speaks to you. You quit your job. You sell your house. 
You clean out your bank account. You leave all your family and your friends except for your wife and your nephew. And I'm sure as we go ahead and read down the road, he probably should have left his nephew there. But that's a whole other point. We'll get to him in another Bible study. But know this, God's plan was bigger than Abraham could have ever imagined. For God was molding Abraham to be the father of our faith, making all believers to this day his descendants. Listen to what the Bible says in the New Testament talking about us being his descendants. He says this in Galatians chapter 3, verse 6. He says, Even so, Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Therefore, be sure that it is those who are of faith who are the sons of Abraham. We're of faith. We came to Jesus by faith. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. He preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham saying, all the nations shall be blessed in you. Every nation, every race of people, every color of skin, every shape of the eyes, everyone's going to be able to come to know God by faith because of this man, Abraham. That's all the time we have for today's message. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Church is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA one word, that's Core Church LA to 77977. And remember, there's a God in heaven who loves you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.